Come at the king, you best not miss. You're not locked in this turn. Zone, zone 32. 32. I have risen from the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. It's a three-man skeleton crew tonight. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. Grant's fucked off somewhere. He didn't get eaten by a bear like Max many years ago, but you know what? We sent we sent Grant out to distribute headphones to people across the United States of America so that they can um, yes, you know, yes, enjoy P- watching videos in public. PSA: If if you're at, I mean, really in public, I mean, if you're at a if you're at a place where you're gonna eat somewhere and your plate just for you is one hundred and twenty dollars. If if you want to watch some videos, put on a set of fucking headphones, man. It's not hard. I got this little Bluetooth thing. Out here, cost me maybe forty bucks. You can go I'm and get just, your fucking skull candies from Target for ten if you really want to. I'm done. I'm just saying. I would, I would just like the record to show that all three of us are not out in public places. We're we're sitting in various rooms in our house, and all three of us have headphones on. So right. really well, actually, it's a hard and fast rule on this podcast that you are not allowed to be a guest or uh, a panelist unless you have some sort of a headset and preferably one that's wired, but as long as you have a reliable headset. And you can't on. be named Tom. Yes, this is the rule, that the Tom rule. So, like, well, I don't even know. one of the which, rules. Yeah, which, is, which, yep. is, which would be worse? Which would be worse to be in public listening to your phone on, you know, speaker or playing, you know, music or videos out of it in a public setting or going on a podcast and not having any sort of a headset and walking around the room while you're uh, supposed to be a guest on the show. Oh, now not just walking around the room, doing fucking Russell Wilson high knees. That's the night where we learned Tom was actually a secret covert fucking Broncos fan because he loves midget quarterbacks. That's what we learned that night. Yep. You don't do high knees otherwise. It's true. Unless you're, unless you're Brandon Perna, but still. Anyway, not too many things have happened, but a couple things have happened within the NFL and Ravens community. The Ravens reached a one-year deal with the wide receiver, Laquan Treadwell. Signed, I don't recall the financials, but I mean, he's in there. Likely a camp body for or mandatory mini camp, maybe training camp, and see if he makes it. Maybe he's a threat for Final 53. Other than that, it's a wait-and-see kind of thing. Likely competition for the end of the roster guys who will likely not make the team, but maybe they'll make the team. So, Drew, meh, big move. Or no move. Assume we're talking about uh, future wide receiver one, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, for some reason, there's former first round about. pick. Yeah, former first I mean, round pick. Look, look. All I'm saying is that if you go Google Laquan, Laquan Treadwell draft profile and you look at Lance Zerline from um, NFL Network's analysis of him coming out of college, his pro comp is DeAndre Hopkins. So did EDC just get you know a secret DeAndre Hopkins? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, at worst, he's a camp body, and at best, he's like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. So I really see no downside to it. We're lacking size. We're lacking in that department. Um, yeah. Oh, no. He's been freezing on and off. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Look, this is, this is karma for Will exposing that nice young woman at the steakhouse, so. I feel like this I called. Is I fault. called her. A, I called her a lovely young lady, and she really was. Honestly, she no, was nice. you, you called her. You all called her very, very horrible names, according to the internet. So. You, you <laughs> call. You called her a. You called her a bunch with a C. No, no, that word wasn't used. There was. There was other. There was other. No, I never, I never said there that. Other pejoratives. 
I, 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 I've, I honestly haven't called her a goddamn name. I haven't said anything. I, look, look, I, man, if I, if I read the quote tweets, it's not what they tell me. So Yeah, really. I mean, look, the internet tells me that, that Laquan Treadwell is the next DeAndre Hopkins, and the internet tells me that you said horrific things about that young woman. So And, and they I have, have to uh, pasty and unseasoned. Yeah. And the internet yeah, tells me fair, bullying isn't cool. Bullying is lame. It's like old Stan Marsh before he went jacking it in San Diego. Yeah, so I mean, you right. know, honestly, like if we if we have, yeah, I just had to blow through that because I don't think anybody else understood that reference there. Nope, I mean, it's, not no, at all. No, I, I did, but I got it. Damn right, because uh, Drew is a cultured man who watches South. Yeah, we're, we're men men of great intelligence and culture, but I, I think Treadwell is, uh, you know, it's another one of those things that our fans freak out about because we're so used to. You know, like if we signed Laquan, Laquan Treadwell at this time last year, he would have been wide receiver three on the depth chart. And now he's, you know, maybe not going to make the roster, maybe going to make the roster, but everybody's treating it like it's supposed to be this big signing, and it's just not. Yeah, so um, I've been a Laquan Treadwell, like, truther since he was a, you know, he, he went to Ole Miss, right? Um, yes, he did. That was Ole Miss yeah. or Missouri? Yeah, it was, a, no, it was Ole Miss. He went to Ole Miss, and I really liked him coming out. And then I thought it was like every year I'm like, this is the, this is the year he's going to break out. Cause he, he was one of those guys. It was just like a f- highlight reel in college. He was awesome. Yeah. Contested catch. He was, he was, he, he was a, a first round pick for a reason. So I've always thought, okay. I mean, obviously he has upside. He has, a, he has a high ceiling, but we've also seen he has a super low floor and he's played closer to the floor than anywhere close to the ceiling the whole time. Now, uh, us signing him when we've already rebuilt the wide receiver room and um, he's basically he's in a fight for the sixth spot uh, in the wide receiver room. Maybe the fifth spot. I don't know. Probably not, though. Like maybe this is where, where it comes into play that Duvernay uh, is expendable because of what you said before, Drew, with the change in kickoff rules. And uh, yeah. if Treadwell turns out to be a more capable receiver because they're they're about the same size, I believe. Um so Treadwell's you know, a little bigger. I thought Treadwell was closer to like six feet. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, but... Duvernay yeah, is six, feet, six I think. One, right? I think Duvernay's six feet. Duvernay's five. I thought Duvernay's five ten. Five ten? No, I think oh, he's well. I think he's five eleven, six foot. But it doesn't matter. There's really no difference at that point. Was, they're they're, they're similar. coming out. There's come to Golden Tate because they're pr- pretty similar stature. They're a little stocky, thick, but short. If I remember yeah. right, but I well, could be wrong. I think they profile similarly physically, but I think that Treadwell, you know, has a obviously a higher pedigree in terms of um, his college career and being a first round pick and everything else. But he, I don't think he has necessarily produced at the NFL level in a more significant way than Duvernay has. So maybe there, maybe you know, he's competing for the fifth spot, the sixth spot. Well, maybe he doesn't make the roster. Think. I don't know. Treadwell is also going to be making, I assume it was a minimum contract, hasn't yeah. been reported yet, but, you know, and Duvernay is making $4 million. So if you're talking about, you know, Ravens love that 80-20 principle. Yep. And you're going to be able to get 80% of the production at 20% of the cost, like Treadwell's the guy. So. Right, right. Yeah. And, um, you know. Same reason of, I think Tylon Wallace. Maybe, is yeah. That I think Tylon exactly. Wallace could be your wide receiver six special teams guy, and he costs a hell of a lot less than Duvernay or Prochet. So, I, yeah, know, he kind of gets the edge there. I just really like the fact that we have some, you know, I don't want to use the word exciting in the wrong context here, but like when you're talking about your fifth and sixth receivers, we have Duvernay, we have Treadwell, we have uh, Demas, we have Wallace, right? We have a bunch of guys who either guys who've been here and who a lot of people have hoped would break out 
Prochet's even in that group. He hasn't been cut or anything. So I mean, like shit. If he if he shows out and maybe you know, uh, don't do it. Contribute. Don't. A, I'm, say, I'm just saying, like, look, he, look, he look. Steal, I know the man's had a rough. Be, yeah, he could steal a roster spot. He could just knowing that they've given him so many chances already. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if somehow James Prochet stole one of those roster spots. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there. The man's had a rough June, so I'm not going to pile on. You know, no, like, me neither. I'm actually, but, this is the first time I've ever been like even remotely like positive yeah, about James gonna, Prochet. I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing a bone out there for him that if James we have, Prochet. We have, one, we have one sober podcast in the history, and then all of a sudden you drink again on the podcast and you're going out <laughs> with wild takes. Can't, can't, we can't so, be doing that. James Prochet right now to me is like wide receiver nine on the yeah. on the depth chart. So like, you know, anyone from that 5 to 9 10, we I think we maybe have 11 wide receivers total or 12, but he's probably in the 9 10 range right now. So like I think anybody from wide receiver 5 through 10 right now has some, you know, reasonable shot at at, at you know, grabbing hold of one of those roster spots, but other some guys have better shots than others. Treadwell, I don't even know how much of a shot he has to make the team, but like I said, I think it's like you could do way worse for a camp body and a guy competing for a back of the roster spot than Laquan Treadwell just because of the fact that he does have upside. Yeah, the only guy that's on the market right now that's going to come in and guaranteed make a roster spot would be DeAndre Hopkins. Anybody yeah. else is, is in that same boat. It's uh, You sign him to a nothing contract and you – you know, see what you got. I guess Demarcus Robinson would probably make the roster too if we signed him. Yeah, and that's like one of those kind of annoying um, arguments that are like not even arguments, but like I've seen people tweet it like, "Why are we signing this guy when we could be signing Demarcus Robinson?" You know why? Because but Demarcus then, Robinson is a bigger contributor than what that spot would be right now at this point in time. So it's like he'd probably cost more. It just that I don't know that there's well, like and they're the, the same, value they're the same is there. people. They're the same people that were bitching about Demarcus Robinson last year. So, yep. you know, again, like to, to most Ravens fans, like pick a fucking slant. Right. It's not well, a, yeah. it's not a just be sad online all the time. It's, it's have a reasonable take and stick with it. Same people who uh, crawled up my ass when I said, when I was talking about how going after um, Slay was yeah. a smarter move than going after someone like a Brandon Cooks at the time. Um, and now they're crying about we don't have a uh, cornerback depth. Same exact people. Yeah, That's I mean, obvious. What the? I actually saw a wide receiver two over a top five, top ten corner in the league. That's, right. that's asinine thinking. Yeah, and that was my whole point. Like, uh, getting a a cornerback of that caliber, adding it to what we already have with that defense, and with you know pairing him up with Marlon Humphrey, you're not only helping the defense, you're helping the offense because the defense is going to be fucking locked down. The defense is going to score points. The defense is is going to you know bail out the offense when they're not clicking which hopefully is not too often but like adding a guy of that caliber is like why the fuck wouldn't you do it so well, and and, it's a, uh, it's the same thing as the people complaining about the lack of cornerback depth now and it's like whoever they go get at corner right now would not be anything good there's really yeah. nobody on the market that's worth having which includes and so, marcus peters and you know yeah it's, and, and, and it's like anybody we would get right now like marcus peters included is someone who um has fallen off from where they once were. You're kind of, it's like a, almost like you're, you're, you know, it's in the you're taking a, yeah, you're taking a shot on it, but with the hope that maybe if Marcus Peters, we did resign him, for example, he could be more like, you know, 2020, 2020 Marcus Peters. Well, yeah, he'd play a Jimmy Smith role. And then maybe in that limited capacities of 2019, 2020 Marcus Peters. Well, 2019 Marcus Peters was excellent. I mean, like, yeah, it was all pro. 
2020, Marcus Peters was not nearly as good, but was still good and still, you know, he brought the the main components of Marcus Peters to the table, which is he's good for a big play every, you know, a few big plays every season. Ball hawk with some edge. Yeah, and right, and and he brings attitude that uh, no one else has on the team. So it's like just the the that presence and the intensity, like so those things are valuable. Um, but when you're getting less of the big plays and it's almost a hundred percent like last year about the attitude, you can replace that and you should. So you know if we add him back, the I don't think there's any expectation he's going to be wider or a uh, cornerback too. That just well, like, and that's that's not that's, that, again, that's not who he is anymore. That's where our fans' minds are, though, is that, again, they, they lost their minds over Leonard Floyd signing with the Bills. And like we, we said on the podcast, I think, Grant, me and you all agreed that, like, we'd be fine with Leonard Floyd. He, he, he's not a he's not a you-have-to-go-get-him kind of guy, but he's also not somebody that we would hate having had in Baltimore. But, again, we, we don't really need him. Right. We don't really need, you know, we would rather Ojabo no way work out like yeah, I feel yeah. like that that's the better route and that you want that veteran guy and whether it's Houston Clowney Yannick I, I, don't, I don't even doesn't even really matter to be honest yeah. like you need another body in there because like right. you need another body at corner but you don't need somebody to come in and be cornerback to at this point right so yeah on, on that note with the with the pass rushers so like yeah we don't have to go out and sign the the top he is the most recently productive uh, edge rusher available. That's what he I is. I forget who like... I was. Yeah, I forget who I was talking to about this, but he is 29, 27, something like that. Mm-hmm. He has 29 sacks over the last three years and hasn't missed a game. And so if you compare that to Clowney and Houston, he's got more sacks. He's the same age as Clowney, but has less NFL wear and tear on him because he came out two years after Clowney. He was old when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. And you know, has the most sacks and has, you know, the least wear and tear. So if, if what I, did they ever announce his contract details? I haven't seen it if they did. Yeah. I haven't seen it either. So, but I, you know, we we're thinking like if he's like the hundred percent of the market right now, then maybe Clowney's 70% of that and Houston's 50% of that. And if that number puts you under, you know, two, $3 million guaranteed, like I'd be happy with either Clowney or Houston at this point. Right. Right. Or, or and and Yannick is a name I keep hearing more frequently now because I think yeah. the late the later it gets, unless there's like some rash of uh, injuries on on edge rushers, I think Yannick is going to fall into that same exact sort of like six million dollars a year, five million dollars a year probably yeah. is going to be where he's he's looking, and that continues to go down if if it becomes like Yannick obviously is going to play somewhere. So as, unless he's like some sort of emergency, you know plan for someone he's going to have to lower his asking price probably just build incentives in and you know again like i'm not opposed to yannick because it was not a great experiment when we did it but it was a different system you know well, you're not going to see yannick covering wide receivers shit. yeah rush. right it's not that they asked him to do other things it's that they expect him to come in and be a run stuffer and he's just not that and like right. mike mcdonald doesn't seem to operate in that same manner and Harbaugh has mostly left McDonald alone at this point and kind of let him operate how he wants. So yeah, Yannick was more. He was like a decoy when he was here. Like um, he played thirty percent of snaps and he just ran fucking figure eights around the left tackle instead of going after the quarterback. He racked up the pressures and didn't do shit with them. Right, I was like, gonna say he he had a lot of yeah. pressures and then we were getting sacks uh, like off off of that, but not from him. Yeah, they, they were essentially meaningless pressures because he wasn't the guy converting on him because we were, like you said, we were using him as like a, 
a decoy, you know, guy to pull like blocking outside. It was it was fucking stupid. Well, you know, why why we give like a second round pick for that it makes no sense to me. Yeah. But that was yeah. that was EDC, you know, young EDC kind of dealing from a point of weakness and desperation. And that's why he doesn't do that anymore. So right. Well, and I it, feel yeah. like that, you know, was a learning experience too. And that was like, you know, he had so many hits in a row on those in season trades on mm-hmm. especially on defensive players that like, you know, I mean not they're not all gonna hit and um but I I, think I, I'm not Yannick. opposed to I'm not opposed to running it back with Yannick at all. No, as long as he doesn't have you know like sour grapes and hated here, then I'm I'm fine with it. He's probably yeah. his negativity is probably more oriented towards the person who was responsible for the scheme than anything else. That would be my assumption. We got we got to we got to tread lightly here though because you and I had a pro wink argument with a certain uh, dipshit that we mentioned earlier who you know does calisthenics during recording so. <laughs> I don't want to give him any ammo to use. Against. I'm not saying I hate Wink. I'm just saying the way that Yannick was deployed was contingent was on the way his coach did did it. And, you know, yeah. that season, things went off the rails towards the end of the season because we, they were getting a little crazy with the way they were using certain types of players, and he was one of them. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the same thing as Wink dropping, you know, fucking name that edge rusher into, into coverage. So Calais Campbell. Or, Calais yeah, or Campbell. Defensive, defensive <laughs> tackles into coverage. Like, God, fucking! Uh, every he once in a while, value that we edge rushers. He valued it's not that corners. He, it's not that he valued edge rushers, but he never valued who got the sacks for you or how you got them. It was just that you rushed four guys to the passer and got a sack. And so, if those right, four right. guys were your two, were your two corners and two safeties, and you were dropping every you know one on the front seven back into coverage, then like he was cool with that. It was yeah. just a it, they, they called it an exotic blitz scheme, and that is just underselling how fucking crazy some of the shit that he did to create pressure was. Right. Well, and one of the things that the 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 fact of the matter is, edge rushers are so, are sort of like the wide receivers of the defense in that they want to rack up sacks, just like wide receivers want to rack up catches or yards or touchdowns or whatever. So like. If you're not feeding those guys and they're not getting their numbers, because a lot of those guys have incentives in their contracts that are contingent on hitting benchmarks on sacks, then they're going to be pissed off. And like, that's why you see people like um, Judon and like Zadarius Smith and like Yannick with a bad taste in their mouth. And, you know, part of it is the money too, because like then if they don't hit those numbers when they're playing for a contract, then you don't pay them the way they think they should be paid. And they think it was like almost that they were sabotaged because of the way they were used. They didn't get their sacks. So and see, yeah. I would, I would actually call them the running backs because I think that most edge rushers are interchangeable in the right scheme. And that that's really what it comes down to is that you have a defensive coordinator who, you know, puts the emphasis on the edge guys getting home. And when there's like a truly special edge guy, like, a, you know, like a Lawrence Taylor caliber guy, they stick out and, you know, like a generational running back, there's generational edge rushers too. And so it, it, it's like you said, it's these guys want their numbers because their numbers are getting paid. A running back wants to get there. Yeah, you might be right. Too. It, it might be like yeah. closer to like the JK Dobbins situation, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the same thing. And, oh yeah, the rumors have run wild about that since we talked about it last week. And All right. Well, that's the it, list, Jake. Yeah. Well, it's spe- speaking of edge rushers, obviously you saw a little thing today of the chasing. rumors that, yeah, Chase Young and oh yeah, the the commies are open to listening to offers for his services. So I'll ask y'all, hypothetically speaking, what's the most you'd be willing to give up to attain his services? And what? Uh, 
Yeah. I would just I would just like to go on the record and say that Will and I have been pro bringing Chase Young to Baltimore all offseason. So I did an entire mock draft and people were on my ass about it with and the whole I think he, he was like the linchpin of my my mock draft. It was all built around think, trading for Chase Young and one somebody else, like maybe like Mike Evans or something like that. But Yeah. Uh, I um honestly anything less than a first and I'm in. Um assuming that we can get a contract on with him. Because I think this is his last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We would have to do a contract because I think he has a pretty big cap hit. Well, Well, uh, I think it's like eight mil. I think it's like eight mil. Yeah. So it would be like it's enough that we'd have to get a deal done because then it would leave us with next to no money for you know like practice squad promotions and in season signings and shit for injuries. So um, we we could we could bring him in without getting an extension done, but we'd have to get one done just for you know, like normal team building activities, basically at some point before the season started. Um, I, honestly, like a, a second would be fine. Or, and if you trade them a second and they're willing to eat salary, like uh, the same thing as the Roquan deal. Like I'm, I'd I'm rather that. that I'd rather it was a third. Um, yeah. And like oh, people, people, right. Yeah. People right now who are talking about, Oh, he was the second overall pick and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't matter if they're willing to trade him right now, they didn't pick up his option. You know, he had an insane rookie year, but, and he's looked good when he's been fully healthy. He's always looked good. And like, if he's not putting up numbers, he's getting like triple teamed. He's that, he's that disruptive and that effective. And I but, think, I think willing and wanting to trade him too. Like, I think you're yeah. on So I don't think that Washington wants him there. I don't think he wants to be in Washington. I don't think Washington wants him anymore. Right. Well, and so I have some, you know, I have some knowledge about him and the people he surrounds himself beyond just surface level stuff because he's from this area. Um, he has connection. I, I, just believe me when I say that I know some of these people, one person in particular who is very much involved in every decision that's made about this guy. And it's a, it's an ugly, ugly little circle of people. Um so he may not be somebody who the Ravens want to put in the building because of what he brings with him. Um, I don't know if he has the right mentality for, for this team. So like from a, from a pure physical and talent standpoint, I'm all about having him. Cause I think like when he's playing a hundred percent, he's, he's one of the best at his position. Um, he's like one of those guys that, you know, he reminds me when he was coming out, he reminds me of Clowney where he's like just this like freak of nature. Who's going to be, yeah. you know, he's going to be good. So, um, but he, he, there are major red flags with him off the field, just the way the people he, he has around him who are guiding his decision-making, who are guiding his mentality, everything. Uh, I would, I would be, I would be cautious personally. So that's interesting. I, I've heard that he's got a, um, that pain in the ass in our circle. I've never heard it spun that way, but that actually kind of makes sense. So, yeah, these are people uh, who even with like, so when he was in high school, we're doing this sort of shit. Yeah. Like this goes back a long, long way and they have never changed. You've only gotten worse. So, and it wouldn't I surprise mean, me. It's part of the that, reason they want to get rid of him. Yeah. That's well, that's part of the reason I think they, they may want to get rid of him. Uh, in Washington cool. is just the, the headache that his people that he surrounds himself bring to the, the locker room and the organization. And it is, it is interesting though, when he was at Ohio state, that was quiet. Like it didn't affect his draft stock because. All right. So I'll tell you why, because the one person, the main person who uh, drives this, you know, the bus right now and who's making decisions. 
he was at the time associated with the University of Maryland. So uh, he wasn't he wasn't as uh. closely linked with him, but he is also the person. Yeah, I'm not going to get any deeper than that because it's probably you could probably figure it out if you tried really hard after. So basically, Ran, here, Ran, but... basically, Randy Etzel has has ruined um, <laughs> Trisha. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy's an asshole, so we can just throw him under the bus. He is an asshole, and he's something. the person who allowed uh, this guy into his building. So you know, yeah. It's all Randy Etzel's fault. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, again, I'm I'm a Connecticut kid, so I, I remember the damage they did to Utah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck Randy Etzel. Part part of the Randy Etzel tree. That's fair enough. Yeah. It's all his fault. It's fine. Yep. And honestly, the Randy Etzel problem started with DJ Hernandez being good at football, and DJ Hernandez being good at football caused Aaron Hernandez. So really, Randy Etzel has just caused a whole lot of problems. Like, Big he's time. He's really... he technically Randy Etzel has killed people allegedly. Yeah. Multiple Allegedly, people that's right. cause a lot of headache. Cause a lot of headaches for front offices. Like really, if you, you could probably trace a lot of issues in history back to Randy Etzel. So. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, no, no, we don't. We don't hide behind allegedly on this podcast. We're all about you know the uh, the truth. Well, and I'm more. Of, I'm more just applying allegedly to the words that I said because they were pretty definitive. But yeah. to be clear, Randy Etzel didn't kill anybody. But you know, the chain of events led to people dying. Wait, wasn't Randy Etzel the coach? When that kid died at Maryland too, um, the the heat the heat stroke kid. I'm pretty sure that was. I his think so because well. then Matt yeah. Canada became the interim coach. Yep. And he didn't even make it a full season. I don't think. No, no, he was the offensive coordinator for the uh, Steelers. So yeah, Randy Etzel actually murdered a kid um, because of heat stroke. So by practicing too hard in the heat in Maryland. So yeah, Randy Etzel is just not a good guy. This is not this is not a route that I thought this podcast would take. I didn't know we'd be. I, yeah, I didn't uh, know we'd be here, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, we want not, not balls enough, deep and fuck Randy Etzel. Not, not, not enough attention is being paid to the uh, misdeeds of Randy Etzel. So. That's right. Jake, I feel like this is something you should have been all over. Like, this seems like a Jake Jake line of discussion here. And yeah, I know, is... nothing, I know nothing about Randy Etzel. The only thing I'll ask is, huh. did you know of his whereabouts on January 6th? Can they be confirmed? <sighs> no. No, actually, so. Yeah, well, I know. Game. I mean, well, I know I, that he was not with the University of Maryland at that time, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing now because I know but that uh, did he buy a home near the University of Maryland? Because then that would keep him a short drive from the event that Jake is insinuating. Yeah, I don't know if he stuck around. <laughs> I know that Mike Loxley had been the coach for a full season before, uh, or two seasons, I think, until but like uh, Greg Greg Roman still has a home in Owings Mills, as far as I know. But he doesn't um, have I, another job. He doesn't have another job, so I don't know. Well, yeah, but also, like, I feel like he's probably not safe in the state of Maryland, so he's probably not, you know, really staying around as much. As I think with Greg Roman, I think now that he's not like his, his, uh, you know, his his fingerprints aren't on anything. That I don't care if I were to run into Greg Greg Roman, I would be very nice to him and and talk. If I were to run into if I were to run into Greg Roman, I would just I, I just have one question for him, and it's why the fuck couldn't you get the play in on time? <laughs> What were you doing? Yeah, like what the fuck? It was a bold strategy. We'll see where it takes. And see, the problem is is that I feel like I feel like Greg Roman is the kind of guy. So, um, I used to run into Dave Dombrowski at Dunkin' Donuts, um, in Cleveland Circle in Boston all the time when he was the GM of the Red Sox. And pretty much every time I would see him, I'd throw some little jab about you know like why the fuck didn't you sign this guy or why didn't you go get that guy? I feel like I'd run into Greg Roman at some fast food establishment and I'd be like, oh. See how long you're taking to order? This is why we couldn't get the fucking plays in on time, asshole. 
you know like i yeah. just i can't i can't stop myself so see uh... with so with greg roman every time i've ever seen him outside of like a quick like you know a quick shot during a game of him looking confused or something in the booth yeah, every time so i've seen him like cool. talk and be in front of a camera he just seems like a really likable guy to me yeah but then i just remember the fucking terrorism that he caused no i know but no believe me i know i'm just saying like if you met that's him like saying, and that's it's like outside saying, the context of him ruining the raven season or you know then it's like is, okay this is like saying you know osama bin laden's videos were were very well shot and he's no, like a, no know, a i'm saying like, with greg roman we can separate the art from the artist and you know and you know to be fair i have photoshopped I greg roman can. in. i have photoshopped greg roman in and made it look like he was at the wuhan institute of virology in, yeah and uh, i i, I, in I december of 28 2019 i put him next to bin laden i put him next to putin i put him next to stalin I think I put him out the January 6th riots. I've probably missed that I put. Do you did think you, you did that? Yeah, I think you face. did that. I, I, I'm pretty sure no, you no, did. No, 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 no. I'm saying that I, I think I've probably done more than that. I know I did those. Those are four that I'm I'm 100% <laughs> owning. You know, those, those pictures floating around Twitter were 100% me. Um, you, Drew, you could have taken, again, just to go back to South Park, you could have taken one of those shots of Randy doing his deed with those 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 creatures and just crock Greg Roman's face in there, and that's how COVID spread. Yeah, COVID spread because Greg Roman didn't go get his vaccine fast enough because he was you know late late getting to uh, CBS to get his vaccine. So yeah, was people don't want, was, still he, don't want to talk about that, but that's what happened. Yeah, well, at first it was too because he was too busy fucking a bat, and then later he was too busy fucking a pangolin. So yeah. hey, that's why you don't stick your that's why you don't stick your dick in creatures. You create horrific epidemics. All right, Jake. So my challenge to you here is to uh, transition from that to J.K. Dobbins talk. So let's uh, let's see your hosting skills. Fucking oh, fucking a pangolin to uh, talking about J.K. Dobbins. Oh sure. Well, I mean the time the time was limited in how long COVID lasted, and apparently so is J.K. Dobbins' tenure in the, in Baltimore. He says, "I want to be in Baltimore, but I don't know if I'm gonna be in Baltimore." So Drew, how 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 are we going to take away his Twitter? Because that's, the, the Twitter fingers are doing too much damage to that's the that's youth. not bad. That's not bad. That was that was a fairly solid transition on your end. I'm, I'm somewhat impressed. Yeah. Um, Especially so off the top he, of my head, right there with no prep. Okay. Hey Drew. Yeah. Hey Drew. I want some yeah. credit because I was the first, and you were even on the other side of this when when J.K. Dobbins first started last year with the liking the the tweets and all that. I was very yeah. very clear. J- that J.K. Dobbins needs to get off social media because whatever he's trying to convey, his he's too emotional to be on Twitter. So especially. my, I, I go back and forth with J.K. Dobbins, and you and I touched on this last week. We recorded like seven minutes after he sent the tweets. I think I think you read the tweets to me while I was pulling out of my driveway. Yeah, I read the tweets to you like right before we started recording. Yeah, so I don't think we really had like a fair chance to really. Um, you know, dive into them. And I know he deleted one of them. I don't remember which one he's deleted by now. Um, I think it was the one where he said, like, uh, I don't know, though. I think it was that one. The one where he's like, I want to be here, but I don't know, or some shit like that. So Something emotional. Just fucking chill out. So I think it was uh, newly back to Twitter, Bobby Trossett, allegedly, supposedly had a burn account floating around. So um, anybody wants to find that and expose that, that would be great. But, um, him, him and Sarah said that they think it was contract extension related, which would kind of, you know, make sense that J.K. Dobbins has had a weird tenure in Baltimore between the um, 
you know, he was a second round pick on him, which was pretty high. And he wasn't really brought in as a starting running back. He was kind of, you know, behind Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram. And sort of as his rookie season went on, he got more and more carries and looked really good and continued to get more carries. And then he got hurt. And then last year was that weird, um, you know, he wasn't fully healthy, kind of rushed himself back. He had the whole spat with Ian Rappaport about how he was going to be ready, or Adam Schefter, I can't remember which one he fought, about how he was going to be ready. It was rap sheet. It was rap sheet to to start the year that he was going to be ready to go week one, and he was not. You got that weird picture of his knee with the uh, scope scars, you know, kind of like, you know, sticking out and still swollen, missed some more time. Um, you know, bitched about not getting the ball on the goal line when we uh, decided to go with the uh, eight-yard QB sneak by Tyler Huntley. So, like, you know, there, there's some valid complaints mixed in with some, you know, Twitter finger fuckery of you've never had more than 15 carries in a game, even at Ohio State, and you never cried until now. And like, I, like Will said, I think he just needs to stay away from social media because he's doing a horrible job portraying what are somewhat valid complaints. All right, so, like, Think about this. I did and do have my my criticism of the way Lamar Jackson handled his, right. you know, brief, like, you know, I don't know, little brush with free agency, whatever you want to call that. Why did you forgive but, him so much faster than you will forgive J.K. Dobbins? There's a very clear answer to that, and it's that Lamar has put up on the field. Right. And J.K. Well, Dobbins has not, has not done that to that level yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, also, here's the difference. Everything Lamar did was on purpose and it was planned. It was just really like whoever, whether it was himself or it was his, his team of people, whoever he's consulting with, it was just, to me, really poorly done. You know, it, the, it, the it messaging behind Lamar, it, I get. I get that. Like, I totally it, understand it got, what yeah. the idea was. I just think he did it really, really badly and risked uh, alienating or like alienating is not even the right word. I don't. I don't he even pit, know. What... He pit, He pissed off supporters of him with the way that he was acting. Exactly. And right. J, so... J.K. Dobbins is pissing off people like me who, you know, early on in his Twitter fingers, I was kind of like, "Yeah, I like this. I, I like him talking shit about Greg Roman. I like him saying I want the ball because you you kind of always want. Uh, I, I don't know. Diva is the wrong word. I, I don't really know what the acceptable term is it for. For is, it is now. Ego, like, ego's not bad. Ego's not bad. Yeah, e- ego is a good thing if the ego is producing. Again, Randy Moss was an egotistical fuck. You know, and, you look okay. at any, and any superstar player; they right. all have an ego. All of them. Yeah, I mean, but, even even players who aren't superstars have Keyshawn an ego. Johnson, they have right. an ego because they're Johnson. working to try and like validate the ego. Every any person who does a high profile job of any kind really has a huge ego that they're really trying to like live up to. It's like their own right. idea of themselves that they're trying to to like fill. So you know, uh, you know, uh, ath- and athletes to... are like the best example of it because they they are doing something that like you see. It's not like a like a CEO or a scientist or something. Like I don't, I wouldn't fucking understand half the shit that they do, right? But a fucking running back, I can look at them on TV while they do their job and say they're they're good or they're bad. So you know, like a football player, any sort of an athlete, their egos are huge, and they're just trying their best to somehow fill the ego that they have because it's their own idea of themselves and they want to like exceed it that's like that's their entire goal in life did jake just fall what the fuck just happened i don't know i don't see jake did you fall? No, i was just no i was just adjusting my seat i just put the <laughs> you camera disappeared, you disappeared behind your, your virtual background i thought you fell out of your seat 
That'd be hilarious. No, no. I that was some, that was some jaw dropping, um, you know, stuff from you, and it just knocked Jake out of his chair. No, right. but, I mean, like, like I honestly think that's what it is, though, with ego. With and, and so yeah, I get, well, it. I get, I get why he does it, but you like you don't, you can't, you can't quantify when you look at why a Fortune 500 CEO gets a 500 million dollar bonus or whatever the ridiculous number they get is because you're right. not in that business, so you don't get it. But when J.K. Dobbins is getting paid millions of dollars to play, you know, a game that you played as a kid, like you know that running for you know whatever the number is, 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns is good. And missing half a season due to injury is bad. And yep. like it's easily quantifiable. And he's almost trying to like flap his arms and be like, I deserve this money and this is why I'm good. And so I'm okay with that. When you're averaging six yards of carry and you know, lighten shit up, talk your shit. You know what I mean? Like fucking flap your arms for attention, tell people that you're great at football and you want to get paid. But when it comes to the off season and like there you you can't go out on the field and prove it every week, like shut your fucking mouth. Right. It's really what it boils down to yeah. for me. Okay, so here's the here's a another big thing about this is he did this. I don't know if it was after week It was after the Bengals game when he was averaging So it was week three. It's week three. Yeah, and so he was averaging I, I don't know what it was, six, seven yards. It, it was a pretty high yards per carry and he looked really good, but he didn't get a lot of carries that game. Okay. It ended up being a close, ugly game and he was like I need to run the ball more and it's right. fine, but also like your leg's not healthy. So exactly. Shot. So here's my point. He did that. He, he had his little Twitter fit. And at that time it was to me even worse. Cause it was passive aggressive because he was liking fans, yeah. fans tweets. But then a couple weeks later he goes out and it wasn't because he got hurt. It's because they, he found that he you know, wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. Had to go get the knee scoped. He came back and he was so much better. So and he even sort of acknowledged this, that, you know, well, it's like his emotions got the better of him. He wanted to do more than he should have been doing. And he he should have been listening more closely to the advice he was being given by the team. So then that's why I think from that point forward, he should have learned his lesson and just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be like all you're going to get from me on social media is like sponsored content or positivity. Period. Right. Like him for him to go on and complain after he basically like proved himself wrong was to me is is it, really stupid. So like uh, I don't know. It's just uh, he seems like he, it's uh, and it's worse. It's getting worse because now he's like that. That those tweets are so stupid to me. Just like what mm-hmm. what what do you expect to fucking accomplish by saying? Also, you thing? you play at an expendable position, right? Like, that's part of the issue is that, you know, Lamar Jackson can get away with and troll, asshole, annoying, whatever adjective you want to use to describe his, you know, Twitter negotiation tactics. Like, I'm not going to argue with you on it, but he plays quarterback. Like, he's not an expendable position. No, right. Well, and, and one he, thing that that JK, I don't know if it, you know, I, it's, I don't know if it factors into like his emotional response to everything. There's two guys, there's two guys. I forget the the parameters of this stat, but two of the top like three or four guys in yards per carry with I think active players with over 500 carries or something like that. Don't don't quote me, but I think that actually might be it. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. So it's not like we don't have someone right. else, you know. So and, Gus, and, Gus is Gus is shutting his mouth and showing up training right. camp. And, he took a pay cut. J.K. hasn't J.K. hasn't been there. So right. And, and, you know, and we've, we have sort of proven over the past few years with all the, like, you know, the, the 
unpredictability at the position that we can sign someone off the street and, and plug them in, especially when there's a rotation and they do just fine. Like we could give a call to uh, what's his name? Um, from last year, Drake, Kenyon, Freeman, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Last year, Kenyon Martin. Drake was was actually pretty good last year. Let's be honest. Yeah. He he was he was slow to start, and then he picked up, and he was fine. He could very easily, if J.K. Dobbins, if we decided we're going to trade J.K. Dobbins for a second round pick, a third round pick, whatever whatever it is, I don't know, or a player or whatever. I mean, I and, think he'd be gone if you get that kind of return for him. I don't think anybody wants to give up that kind of. No, no, no. But I'll, I'm just like hypothetically speaking like whatever it is yeah. whatever the return is uh that they deem is acceptable get, coming back and they're not and i'm saying they're not trading directly for another running back they're just trading and like he's gone gus edwards becomes running back one and nobody is nobody bats an eyelash and then you sign Kenyon drake to be rb2 and you're in still in really good shape and you still have keaton mitchell and justice hill you know yeah. like i i don't think our running back room is we don't need J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins makes the running back room better, but like he's not. Uh, I want you know, J.K. Dobbins, but we don't right. need. Him. I want J.K. Dobbins, who's focused on winning games and not focused on his rushing yard totals, or his carries, that's, or whatever. Or Just like, carries, dude, every every. How about this? Make the most of every fucking opportunity you get, and Marshawn which he has Lynch. been. Which he has been. Not saying he hasn't been, but. Marshawn Lynch did not ever say a word about Russell Wilson throwing that pick to. Uh, Malcolm Butler never said he should have, you know, he should have handed me the ball in that situation. That that conversation never happened because Marshawn Lynch, for as outspoken and wild of a human being as he was, understood that, like, he plays a replaceable position. And that's not how you get more jobs in the NFL. And that's not how you win over your teammates by, you know, fucking slamming them and slamming. Yeah, he still gets asked about that to this day. And he doesn't say yeah. much about it. Never, never says shit. Shuts his, shuts his fucking mouth. And, you know, there, there is a, there is an element of that that I like to players of, of you know, I, I like talking shit. I like guys who are confident in their abilities, but I also like guys who kind of, you know, shut their mouth and know when, pick their spots better. J.K. Well, Dobbins is bad at yeah, picking his spot. And, like, dude, if you keep if you keep doing it this many times, like, I mean. It's boy, it's boy incredible. Right, exactly. Like, okay, there were, it was, it, I think it was a pretty split, if not maybe more in favor of him when he was doing, when he's liking the tweets see, anyway, on, on that, Twitter, that was... I'm gauging this off Twitter or, and yeah. like my circle on Twitter. So like, it's a, it's a, a super hyper-focused group of people, but niche group. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not representative necessarily of like all Ravens fans, but initially people were not necessarily like JK Dobbins shouldn't be doing this, but dude, he's done it at least three times. And, Every time he does it, it's like he's doubling down on something he's already been proven wrong for in the first place. Well, and he's losing support now because I, I feel like a lot of the people who were, you know, rah-rah J.K. Dobbins people when he was liking those tweets and talking his shit or, you know, had his side because it was anti-Greg Roman. Or yeah. you could yeah. spin it into an anti-Greg Roman thing. Now Greg Roman's not here anymore and Todd Munkin has never, never coached an NFL game for us. So you have no negative feelings about him. Well, so, and and the team, the offense in particular, has been upgraded so much that it's like, dude, really? Like right now, like you're gonna start this bullshit right now when like there's really nothing for anybody. An a, a Orioles. I'm looking at the Orioles game. They just fucking got walked off. By the way, uh, Red Sox won. So, well, they're 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 so far behind. I I don't even think of them at night. No, you should. Um, you should fear them. Um, where was I? Uh. Hey, at least you're not the A's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's, no, it's, not it's, the 
Shout out Athletics hard, Rants. That's right. Hard to be that bad. Fucking 12 and 51. My Lord. It's very hard. Yeah. Ne- negative 213 run difference. That's the bigger. Games. That's the that's the more uh, significant number than the, the record. The fucking run differential is, is. insane. It's it, that's that's almost the record, and we're in fucking June. Like that's bad. They had like a negative one thirteen, and it was barely out of April. I remember it was yeah. it was something crazy. I like I fell out of my chair. Yeah, but, I mean we. But can, then I saw the know, Rays on the other end of it were like plus one twenty at one point or some shit like that. Yeah, it's just it's unreal looking at how bad the Oakland Athletics are. Like for a sports franchise, that's just fucking embarrassing. Jake really so just derailed everything. He's, he's supposed yeah. to, he's supposed to be the, guy, be the guy that keeps it on track. He and I got interrupted <laughs> by myself, but then now I can't remember what I was saying. And now Jake's got us talking about fucking the Oakland. Well, I mean, what what yeah. we were saying. And I'm not even fan. But at least I we're think... not talking about baby getting raped, right? Well, no. Well, why would why would we ever go lost for lost profits? That's that's a terrible idea. Can we get never the lead singer lost of the lost profits. profits on the podcast or is he in person? I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't want to interact with someone. No, like, no, I, I, I just. Not. I need. That's... I need. I need three seconds to bring him on and shake. Just saying, hey, you did this. What are your thoughts? And him leaving. That's all I need. I would. All I'm right. Hey, we're gonna. Be we're, fair. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna do uh, word association. Uh, ready, set, go. Infants. Baby kill. Lack of sleep. Discon- yeah. Disconnect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Lynch, baby. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah, there are things that we need to happen on this podcast. That's that's one of them. I just need Jake to have some obscure guest on to uh, bully them into leaving. Last train right. home, still him for though. him for sure. Um, yeah, but I'll never listen to this song ever again. Such a good uh, song. It, yep, too bad. You gotta, separate, never... you gotta separate the art from the artist. We were talking about that earlier. Yep. Yeah, but I I, I can't I can't do it when you're throwing your fucking infants or babies. Like nah. That's just when you're like. I mean, I'm Will's Will's. Will's you up here. I haven't listened to the piercing. song. I have not listened to. I just, yeah. just a, a. It's a you know, nostalgia. Oh no, they. Oh no, it's they have song. good songs. They have I've good never, songs. I've That's never the listened to the song. I've never listened to the song. And no idea who these people are, and I have no interest in knowing who they are. Also, crazy, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah, God, God forbid, God forbid, Future has like twelve baby mamas that he wishes a happy Mother's Day to religiously. That's a track see, that's, that's the thing you get. That's the thing you get. You give Future at least he didn't fuck babies. No, so, you know, just just a lot of women, a lot of lot of the, women, a lot of different kids. But you know. the American dream, the rapper lifestyle, or the rock star lifestyle. Sticking your dick in whatever opening comes about. That's what it is. But anywho, that's gonna do it for this week's installment. We'll be back next week to discuss this, that, and the other. Maybe VD will come on and talk one of the shows and who the fuck knows. But meanwhile, it's me to die. This is where Max has to pipe and see ya. See ya! Zone, zone 32. 32.